This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. State of Recruiting, your weekly Horns 24-7 recruiting podcast. I'm Mike Roach, and I'm joined, as always, by Nick Harris. And uh, we're back for another big week of Texas recruiting talk. Um, we apologize we weren't here last week. Uh, it just I was in a wedding, and near the end of the week, it got to be pretty crazy getting stuff ready for that. And, um, you know, we ran into some scheduling issues, so uh, we just couldn't do it last week. But, uh, but we are back, and um, we are back to tell you that Texas got to commit since we last talked. We're going to get into all that. We're going to talk about what might happen if the fall season doesn't happen, how that could affect recruiting. Um, and, of course, we're going to do the mailbag. We're going to be joined by Greg Biggins to give us an, an update from the West Coast. But before we do all those things... Nick, how's it going? It's going pretty good. Can't complain. You are in a hotel room right now. In, yeah, um, yeah. I'm kind of on vacation, kind of. Uh, I'm out in Savannah, Georgia, just uh, you know, having some fun out here. <laughs> Congratulations. You got to fly into the worst airport on the planet today. <laughs> oh, in uh, Atlanta? Yeah, my least favorite place on Earth. Thankfully, I only had to spend like 30 minutes there. I just landed and I went like 15 feet to the next gate and went to Savannah. So I didn't really get the full experience. Oh, so you actually connected and then flew into Savannah? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I didn't know if you were flying in and driving or what. So gotcha. okay. Well, that's much that's much better. Um, well, let's let's jump right into it. So uh, last Friday, July third. Uh, <laughs> funny stories. Uh, we'll, we'll be able to tell during this, but Texas got a commitment from uh, Jameer Johnson, the corner from Pasadena, California, to John Muir High School. Um, and really a guy I've been talking about for a while since I saw him at Pylon in Las Vegas. Um, the funny part of this story is Nick can attest the behind the scenes stuff is I'd had the story written for a couple days when we knew that it was going to happen. Um, you know, I, I, like I mentioned, I was in a wedding on Friday, uh, for one of my best friends in the world. And, um, it looked like the timing was going to be so that, you know, right before the wedding started, Jameer would make his commitment. I could get everything out and tweet it. And then at uh, some point that day, Jameer tweets, hey, I'm pushing it back like an hour and a half, which was basically right to the start of ceremony time. So we're waiting to go on and I'm like standing in a back hallway on my phone. Um, luckily, Jameer, you know, the commitment comes out. We can we can run the stories. I can tweet and literally tweeted like all the stories out. I had them loaded in the drafts, ready to go, sit them all out, and then put my phone up and walked out on stage to to this wedding. So um, that's how recruiting happens sometimes. But I think for for Texas, a really big pickup. Um, you know, really uh, seeing the way this this cornerback class is filling out, the secondary class in general is filling out. You know, I think we've talked a lot about 
how good of recruiters Chris Ash and Jay Valai are. And um, I think that more than anyone, they're showing out right now with, with their results, wouldn't you say, Nick? Yeah, the defensive class right now that's building is looking to be super solid, and it's led by the secondary. Uh, with all these guys that they got in the secondary, and they weren't able to land Deuce Harmon, but I think Jameer Johnson is a, a perfect little plan B that they can fill in right at corner. Uh, he's athletic, can get the job done. Uh, I like what he brings to the table, and um, hopefully he can come out to a visit, uh, and uh, we can see what he's he's like on the 40 acres. Yeah, you know, when I met him in Vegas, I, I talked to a bunch of guys that weekend that were West Coast targets, and, you know, you talk to out-of-state kids, and, and Nick, the more you do this, the more you'll you'll get a feel for it, you know, a lot of them will give you lip service. Yeah, Texas is great. It's a school I've always loved. Want to visit for sure. Just don't know when. Like, Jameer was, like, one of the only ones that was like, yes, I'm going to visit. I'm already setting up dates. I just got to figure out, like, what works for me. And when you hear a kid talk about things in that way, you, you, you think, okay, there is a little something here. They're a little more serious than just giving you lip service about it. Um, and he was really one of the only guys I walked away from thinking, you know, they can get that kid. I think that's a, a landable kid for them. And so, uh, you know, watching him play at Pylon, he fits exactly what, what Chris Ash and Jay Valai are looking for uh, at corner. Long kid, about 5'11", super long arms, though. Presses really well, great feet, uh, plays with, uh, with a lot of tenacity. So, I think that this is a it's a big pickup for Texas. Um, you know, I think that when you look at it, the way the secondary is going now, it's four spots filled with J.D. Coffey, Ishmael Ibrahim, uh, Jameer Johnson, and Billy Bowman. That's your two safeties and, and your two corners. I think maybe you're looking at one more spot, uh, maybe for like a nickel or maybe another safety. Andrew McCuba could fit in there. A guy like Jalen Williams, who they offer from South Great Prairie, could fit in there. Uh, but really, that, that, that part of the class is almost wrapped up. Yeah, and uh, just to kind of go back to uh, Jameer Johnson, um, landing a, another kid in California, I think that's huge after missing out on one last year, trying try to reestablish some dominance out on that West Coast. Uh, I think it's big. It's the ninth recruit since 2015 that Texas has pulled from the Gold, uh, the Golden State. So, um, you know, hopefully we can reestablish some dominance out there in, in California and bring in some more kids. It's always good for me, too, because it gives me an excuse to go to things like Pilot Vegas and um, trips I enjoy making. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, you know, we're going to get, Nick, we're going to get into this a little later and talk about what's going to happen if there's not a season this year. I Look, I want to I want to start this off by saying there's a lot worse things that are going on in the world right now with coronavirus and, um, you know, racial injustice and all those things. So please understand that I'm jokingly saying this, but it is a travesty that in a year where I could possibly make trips to Miami, New Orleans, Pasadena... <laughs> <laughs> that that we're probably not going to be able to travel that much. So, uh, you know, in, in recent years, I, I guess I was lucky last year. I mean, Arizona wasn't a bad place to go. I went to Tucson and Scottsdale on my out-of-state trips. But, man, in a year that was just setting up perfectly to go visit, like, three awesome places for a weekend, uh, I don't think I'm going to be able to make those trips. So That's super tough. We'll see. Uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. We'll see how, how things play out there. Um for more on Jameer Johnson, I connected earlier with our guy on the West Coast, Greg Biggins, uh, 24-7 Sports National Analyst guy who helped me uh, you know, break the, break the news with Jameer. Um, and he gave us some insight into the process from Jameer's side, gave us his thoughts on him as a player, and then updated us on a couple of other guys uh, out West that Texas may be in the race for. So uh, enjoy this conversation with 24-7 Sports' Greg Biggins. 
All right, and now joining me on this week's uh, edition of the State of Recruiting, it is our man out west, uh, controlling the West Coast for 24-7 Sports, our national uh, recruiting analyst, Greg Biggins. Greg, thanks for coming back on the show. Controlling the West Coast, huh? Is that what I do out here? Man, I cover it. Am I controlling it? Listen, I talked to somebody like it. from a rival company. I guess I shouldn't say rival company. Um, from a different company. Uh, who said, you know, even like, you know, our guys can't mess with what you guys do out on the West Coast. So I would say control is a really good word. Um, that was nice of whoever said it. And tell whoever from Rivals, I appreciate it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, let's, uh, let's jump right into it. Texas landed a commitment from uh, John Muir, cornerback uh, Jameer Johnson. Uh, this is a guy that when you came on about uh, a couple weeks ago, we talked about in depth and, um, you know, you helped me chase down that story, you know, from the, from the very beginning. And um, so first of all, just kind of tell us how, how everything went down uh, from your side. We've already kind of talked about on this show, the way that the Texas side went down, but you can give us the insight on, on Jameer's side. Yeah, so hopefully it's not, you know, Texas fans don't think it's a slight if I were to say that at one point he was an Oregon lean, right? That happens. And uh, I actually was hesitant to put in a crystal ball, but when he, uh, when it was like back in June, something, early June, I know he, we put out his initial tweet saying he had a commitment date set. Um, at that point in time, he, he was set to go to Oregon. Uh, Oregon filled up and didn't have a, a spot, and Oregon wanted the kid they loved the kid actually didn't say no said hey can you wait until maybe later on in the year we can kind of see what kind of numbers we have uh, but he didn't want to do that texas was always a very close second which some people were you know thought maybe colorado might be the number two because uh, of his relationship with you know their db coach who actually is a former pasadena muir uh, athlete but you know johnson and his mother love texas and we talked about it and he first told me he said hey i think texas has a chance they did a zoom virtual tour call and it went really well i was like okay you know whatever um but it, like, dude, like it went like really well, right? I mean, really well, because he never visited. And that's the thing with a lot of kids out here, you know, kids from out West, they will leave home. They'll go, you know, Midwest, East Coast, wherever, but they usually want to visit the school first. Jameer never visited. And that's why I thought, you know, it might be a little bit of a, a long shot. No, no pun intended for the Longhorns, but shoot, great job by the staff. Uh, not multiple coaches, Coach Jay, obviously, but multiple coaches were involved and they recruited the mother and talking to his coach, uh, Zaire Calvin at Muir, you know, he said they were the one school that made it personal. They didn't just talk football. They talked life. They made it so that family was very comfortable sending their son out of state and, and kind of entrusting, uh, talking, you know, Jameer's mom, entrusting uh, these coaches to take care of their son. Because when they recruited the family, that's all they talked about was, hey, we'll take care of your son. We'll look out for him. Come to Texas. It's, it's not just about football here. It's the degree. It's the alumni support. It's what we can do, the connections. And and they made it really a family feel. So, um, yeah, they were able to come in and, and land him. And I, I, I like the kid a lot. I think he's got a chance to be a really good football player. We got to see him at Pylon in Las Vegas right before uh, coronavirus shut down the entire world. Um, and, you know, that was – if you'll remember, I showed up and I'm like, Greg, I have a list of California kids I need to find at this event and, and become familiar with because – these are guys Texas recruiting, and, and you know, uh, Jameer and his teammate, uh, Kalen Bullock, were, were two of them that played for Proway. Got to see them there, um, and, and I, you know, I was really impressed. I know Texas is looking for press corners. That's what they want, long, long guys who can press. And, you know, when you walked on the field to watch Proway play, that's exactly what Jameer was doing. Can you kind of break down his game and, and what you think his strengths are as a player? 
Yeah, so I mean, he's been well coached, you know, for a long time. You mentioned Proway, Derek Holmes, father of Darnay Holmes. A lot of people are familiar with Darnay, UCLA kid, drafted third, fourth round. So, yeah, those kids are taught at an, at an early age, and he's been playing with Proway for two, three years. You know, it's all press, press coverage in your face, and, and that's kind of their, their style, you know, real physical. And I've always, you know, because of I'm a, I'm a California guy, but I have much respect for Texas football. I've always kind of been like, you know, why would Texas come out, you know, to California to recruit, you know, a, a receiver or a corner? There's so many in state. But, you know, we had talked before just about, hey, it might be a little bit of a down year for Texas. So coming out to California and, and getting Jameer, I think is huge. You know, long arms, he, he's never really been in a full-time strength program, conditioning program, so he's lean if there's one knock on him. Uh, it, he's got to get significantly bigger, I think. He's probably uh, about a buck 65, maybe on a good day, on a really good day, maybe closer to 170. But, uh, you know, he's the guy he would want to be in the 185 range to play big-time Big 12 football. So, But he's got, he's got the frame. He's 5'11", and again, long arms, so he might not be done growing yet. I think he can make a – uh, a nice jump when he gets to college because again never been full-time weight program never been a track guy never done speed training you know he just does a lot of seven on seven or he's focusing on you know just his own high school football season so versatile kid I think he's strictly a corner I know there was some talk about hey can he move to safety I think he's strictly a corner um but yeah I think he's got the feet um I think he's got the athletic ability I think he has the the edge he's an aggressive kid he plays the run he's tough he's a real quiet almost shy kid off the field but you know as coach was saying you know, on the field he's got that ability to kind of flip that switch and you know he's a tough physical kid who kind of plays with a nice edge to him and kind of has a you know like I said all-around game good ball skills good ball awareness uh, not a clutchy grabby holdy kind of a corner but uses his feet and technique and so I think a lot to like about him you mentioned he's kind of a quiet kid, and that's that was what I got from him when we met at, at, at Pylon. Weirdly enough, I, I think I walked out of that weekend and told somebody, you know, really the only kid I talked to from California that I thought Texas was seriously making an impact with was Jameer Johnson. Um, so I, I don't know how I made that read because he was just so quiet and, and reserved, but I, there was something different about the way he talked about Texas than any other kids. But, um, you know, I think the biggest question has been, what if Oregon decides they want to take him later in the year? Is this something Texas fans need to worry about and monitor down the stretch? I'd be surprised. Like I said, if you know Jameer, he's not a big social media guy. He's not one of those, you know, prima donna who's always on Twitter, starving for attention, asking for followers, you know, looking, you know, I'm my top 10, my top eight, my top five, you know, he's not that kid at all. He doesn't need it. And I honestly think the only trip he'll take is, is probably to Texas. You know, he's again, he, he didn't take any real, you know, unofficial trips except for to Oregon. Obviously, he's been to USC. But he's not really that kind of kid that, that, that wants to do it just to do it. And I think one big thing about him is, is loyalty. That was the thing when I talked to his coach, Zaire Calvin, again, mentioned that name again. Uh, that was one of the things that attracted him to, to both Oregon and Texas initially is that he's a guy who doesn't really um, feel that comfortable around that many people. He just doesn't trust people. For whatever reason, obviously, maybe something happened in, in the past, but he's he's very, uh, you know, closed. And like you said, uh, you know, when you talk to him, you don't really get a ton out of him. And and I said the same thing to Calvin. He goes, hey, don't feel bad. Same thing with us. You know, it's hard for us to really make that connection with him. And he made a connection with the Texas staff and Coach Jay specifically. So, you know, I, I think that he's a huge, like I said, loyal is, is his big thing. And Oregon, you know, said no. 
or, or said, wait, or said, hold off, whatever they vernacular they used, they, they basically had a chance and said, well, we're going to pass right now. And I think, you know, that's, that's for him and his mother. I think, you know, that the feeling is, you know, fine, your loss, we're going to Texas. And I don't think they're looking back. I think they're really solid and locked in right now. Uh, another one, I, I don't know what the numbers are going to look like for Texas in the defensive back. I mean, I think they're probably pretty close to being done. But they did really like Jalen Smith, the kid out of Bishop Alamany who uh, just committed to USC. I know you had a, a, a story with him saying, hey, you know, it looks like he's USC's the leader, but certainly wants to take some visits and is still pretty open. Is that still your read on him after he committed to USC? 100%. Yeah, I, I think, you know, I think we've seen – with this whole entire recruiting cycle, a lot of players are committing to kind of lock a spot in. And, and I know obviously Jalen likes USC for a lot more reasons than, you know, just to lock a spot in. But I do think that that played a role. I think he does want to take his visits. I, every kid that says that, but they don't always follow through. I think he definitely wants, wants to follow through. He's never been anywhere, you know, he's never really been out of, out of Southern California. So I think he definitely is a kid that you could see taking at least, at least maybe three, if not, you know, all five of those official trips when we can. Hopefully, hopefully we can, you know, the kid can at some point. But uh, no, he, Texas is definitely a school that is in that top three to five group. And uh, if he does, like I said, take his trips, which I think he will, Texas definitely should get one. The last kid I'll ask about, Damani Jackson, uh, the the big time corner in 2022 from, uh, from, uh, ah, the big school that everybody like modern day. Yeah. Sorry. I brain farted for a second there. Um, just kind of top 10 Texas was involved. You dropped a great article on our board about it. Um, what, what do you think the, who do you think are the front runners in that race? And what do you think the realistic chances are that Texas can, can make some progress there? Because I, I talking to people at Texas, they, they do feel like that they're in a good position with Damani and that they've had some strong conversations with him. Yeah, no, I, I think right now, honestly, I truly believe that he's wide open. I know every, everyone says that, but, you know, he's a guy who, you know, Southern California kid. So obviously USC will always be on his list, but he, he's, he, that wasn't his childhood favorite school. Like, like so many kids who grew up, you know, they go to USC no matter what. He said his childhood favorite school was actually Michigan. His family's from the Midwest and he has a lot of family from Ohio. And ironically, you know, he's got some Ohio State family ties and some, Michigan family ties. When I say family ties, I just mean that's the school they rooted for. They didn't actually go to the school. But uh, so I'd watch out for Michigan. Uh, they're making a big push. I know when Clemson offered, he told me that that was one he was really, really waiting on. And that was probably going to be a school that would always be in his top two, three, four. Uh, and then I would obviously say USC. So if we're asking for a kind of like an unofficial three to watch out for right now, I would say Michigan, Clemson, USC. But Texas, again, when we talked, I think – you know, you don't have to have like a lawyer background. You did it with Jameer. I think when you talk to a kid, you kind of just sense when they get a little more excited about a school and you kind of just catch it when we doing it as, as long as you and I have. And I think when I, when I mentioned Texas, man, he, he definitely kind of, he kind of lighted up a little bit and you could tell there was a little more interest in that school and maybe a few other schools in his top 10. I think he could have probably done a top five to seven. And if I, I think if he did, Texas would probably be on there. So, um, yeah, and they, they got a push, right? They got a, it's got a great competition. You know, Clemson's in there, Bama, Ohio State, Michigan. I mean, some national, national schools, Oklahoma, obviously the, the local one, USC. But, uh, no, I think Texas pushes hard, and they definitely have a shot to at least get a visit. He'll, 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 he's going to unofficially visit all 10 of those schools and from that decide on who his five officials will be. But, again, he's got a long way to go on this. So a lot of time for Texas to kind of work those relationships and, and hopefully get him on campus a couple times.
And I think he probably would have already unofficialed had it not been for coronavirus, because he was another, him and his father, I spoke with at Pylon, and, you know, both had indicated they were planning on visiting Austin this summer. So, um, obviously, coronavirus ruins everything, and, um, you know, th- those things didn't get to happen. I know. So, uh, well, Greg, we appreciate you coming on, man, and uh, giving us an, an update from the West Coast, and, uh, you know, it's good to hear your voice again. Always. You too, Mike. Thanks for having me. We hope you're enjoying this episode of The State of Recruiting. We'll be back with this interview after a brief word from our sponsors. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And we want to thank Greg Biggins for joining us and uh, giving us that valuable information from out there, out west in, in California. Um, all right, Nick, there was uh, just before we started to record today, news came down that the Big Ten is going to move towards a conference only schedule this year and remove non-conference games. Um, man, I don't know about you. It feels like every piece of news that comes out, it's like a, if, if you're playing a video game, there's like a life meter on fall football and every bit of news that comes out, it just takes that meter down a little bit more. Um, to me, these are just like the final steps before they either cancel the season or move it to the spring or whatever they're going to do. But um, if they do not have football, we want to talk about you know what that might do to recruiting. Um, first of all, I would say... I talked to a kid today who told me that schools have kind of told him, we don't know what's going to happen. You know, we don't know if we're going to have visits. We don't know how, how this fall is going to go. So nobody has a good idea. I would think that, you know, if if colleges aren't playing ball, there's a very little chance they're going to be able to host kids on campus for official visits this year. Um, and so I think that you kind of have to look at this in two ways. So on the on the college side, if nobody's able to take official visits this year, does that mean there are far less uh, or far fewer uh, early enrollees? Does that mean that they push back the signing period? Um, you know, what are what are your thoughts, Nick, on on how some of that could affect it? Yeah, just kind of starting with, I, I feel like we're kind of delaying the inevitability of, of spring season, in my opinion, at least. Uh, I, I mean, I've had some friends that have asked me, like, you know, what's your opinion on it? And uh, especially with the Ivy Leagues last week uh, saying that they're going to uh, move their season to the spring. Um, and then today with the Big Ten and the ACC has already been talking about, uh, or the ACC just announced uh, either today or yesterday that they won't be having any uh, athletic events until at least September 1st. So that's about as far as you can get without cutting into the football season. Um, I, I'd be pretty shocked if we don't have, you know, a, a complete spring season. But uh, what that looks like in recruiting, you know, I kind of met, I talked about this on Twitter a little bit this week. Um, you know, how does that affect early enrollees? That's my biggest question. With a, a kid like Hayden Connor, let's say, uh, you know, he's planning on enrolling early. So will he have to make the decision between playing his senior season at Katie Taylor at the Texas high school football season that's moved to the spring? or uh, possibly going to uh, UT in January, and would he be immediately eligible? Um, there's a lot of questions there, and then 
Um, there's also the rumor kind of flying around, you know, if it gets moved to the spring, will it be moved to the spring permanently? Because, you know, we don't want kids playing two full football seasons in one calendar year. Um, it, there's just a lot of things up in the air, and it's pre- purely speculation at this point for, I think, everyone involved. Um, and it's going to come down to the ADs and uh, the NCAA on how to actually go about things and, um, you know, who is eligible when and how many games they're going to play in one calendar year. Uh, but, but when it comes to recruiting, again, there's so much speculation, and we won't really know until the game on the field uh, is figured out. It's interesting you mentioned – I think the early enrollees, like, you just got to let them go. Like, if they're on on – track to graduate early um i think that those guys are going to go to college i've even heard from kids who have said even who aren't early enrollees like if they play this thing in the spring i'm just not playing like i'll i'll just get ready for college and go to college like i'm already committed um that's where kind of their heads are at and as far as you know playing two seasons in a calendar year i understand it can be tough but you know given uh, kids are resilient i think that it's probably worth it to spend one year getting the calendar back into a normal, like you, you probably have to forego spring football. So, so let's say that they move the football to spring. Okay. Obviously you wouldn't have spring training then at that point in time, you probably have to forgo that part of it. Maybe you push back summer strength and conditioning a little bit, but I think you kind of have to get the calendar back on because there are a lot of challenges for, for high schools. There's a big reason why football is in the fall because a, it is a fall sport, but B uh, there's also a lot of logistical, things especially for the lower level high schools that their coaches coach everything um you know they can't be going on simultaneously with a lot of other sports so i i think if if it did get moved to the spring you would see them um make a move to correct it and get it back the next fall if they could um but man i think the biggest consequence is that kids just won't play there won't be as many kids play you'll see them sit out i think anybody wants to ruin their chances you know, right before going to school. And for a kid, like we mentioned, for a kid like Hayden Connor, you know, actually when I talked to him earlier this year for our podcast, you know, he said, hey, if there's a fall season, great. If not, I'm going to focus on getting the rest of my classes done and getting to Austin in January. So I think that's your answer right there. Yeah, and I I think as far as playing two seasons in one calendar year, I think that's just a sacrifice everyone's going to have to be willing to make. And I don't think it's that bad of a sacrifice. I I understand the the taxing it would do on, you know, people's bodies. I guess the NFL, there would be more worry there and there would be more problems. But, you know, in the college game, the high school games with young bodies, um, you know, I think that's just a sacrifice they're going to have to be willing to make. Everyone's kind of making sacrifices in these times, and I don't think that's really a, a bad one in my opinion. It would also be like the most awesome off season ever because it would last like two months or something. Twenty twenty one would be a great year. Because I hate the off season every year, and uh, this has been the off season that feels like it'll never end. So um, you know that's how it is. All right, uh, Nick. Anything else you want to touch on that subject before we move on? Uh, I'm ready for the mailbag. Yeah, let's get on to the mailbag. As always, you can get your questions over to us on the Horns 24-7 message board, or you can leave a review over on our uh, our iTunes page. Uh, give us a five-star review on the iTunes page with a question, and we will make sure that we answer those questions. Our first question comes to us uh, from JF10357. Uh, seems as though things have calmed down after a sped-up May and June. Uh, do you guys think July will stay quiet, or is there anything bubbling under the surface for Texas? Yeah, so right now um, coaches are, are on vacation. Um, I, I think uh, Coach Herman's out in California. From I talked to a kid today who said he, he had a phone call with Herman um, and uh, who said he was out in California, so I'm going to I'm going to trust him and, and say that. Um, so, yeah, a lot of 
A lot of the recruiting slowing down a little bit. I think there was a lot of anticipation for the season as well. Um, But, you know, really, depending on the way things go, as we saw in the spring, if the season gets eliminated, I think the only thing they can do is recruit. Uh, It's the only thing that kind of takes their time. So that thing could get revved back up really quickly. As of right now, there's nothing really bubbling like crazy in in July. I think maybe Texas could land a kid or two, but I don't think there's anything insane at this point in time. Yeah, I think there's always been like two or three kids that can maybe pop at any moment. Uh, Jaden Alexis being one, Terrence Cooks being one. Um, trying to think of a couple of others, but yeah, I, I think there's a lot of targets on the board that I feel like can pop at any moment. And um, yeah, yeah, July's a long month. We got 31 days, so who knows? <laughs> All right, next question uh, from UT Fan 29. Uh, I can't help but just want to focus on this year's offensive line class, or off, I'm sorry, offensive class. Uh, the defense recruiting looks fantastic, but there are so many concerns unknown on where the offensive class will go. Uh, can you give us any new insights as to when we will know about the off- offensive line, running back, wide receiver, and tight ends? Um, yeah, man, I think that that's a really good question. It's kind of one I'm concerned about too. Uh, I, I've I've tried to um, try to be pretty clear that. I have some serious concerns about the way offensive recruiting is going. And um, I think that, you know, when you look at the O-line, there aren't really any new targets emerging. Um, I think Texas is going to see it through on James and Tommy Brockermeyer. Uh, a guy like uh, uh, Michael Mislinski is a guy they could could take if, if he chooses them. Um, maybe they make a move on, on a couple of other guys, but there's really not much there right now. Running back at status quo, it's it's Kamar Wheaton and, and LJ Johnson right now, and, and not much after that. Receiver kind of looks like a foggy picture. I, I think I'm going to try to break that down a little better sometime next week in, a, in an article, um, but it, it's changing a lot. And then tight end, oh, man, tight end has been, a, if you think about it, Texas landed Lake McCree, lost him. Landed Juan Davis, who is an athlete, but they they kind of like him as a tight end. Then landed Landon King and lost him. So that, I mean, they've they've committed three tight ends in this class, but they've lost two of them. So um, yeah, tight ends just up in the air. But I agree, there's there's certainly some concerns there. Yeah, we've had conversations just about how weird this wide receiver class is starting to shape up for Texas. It's looking like you know almost everyone they land may be out of state. Um, you know, barring a JJ Henry or a Keetron Jackson committing uh, in the fall. Um, but it's starting to look pretty weird at wide receiver specifically. And I think you can kind of start to see um, the offensive line shape up like that here in a couple of months if they start lo- if they end up do losing out uh, on the Brocker Myers and have to go towards some out-of-state prospects like Michael Mislinski um, and uh, some kids out west. So, yeah, it's definitely a concern. I think you have, you have a right to be concerned right now uh, for the offensive class. Um, but there's still a lot of time before signing day. Anything could happen between now and then. So uh, we'll see. All right, next question um, from Anonymous123456.7. Uh, can you confirm if Ruben Fathery and Matthew Wyckoff indeed chose A&M over Texas? It would be unlikely that they uh, would take those two as well as Tommy Brockermeyer and Savian Bird. I know in second place uh, at best with both guys, but what could the staff be uh, or could the staff be holding spots open for them, hoping that they change their mind with a successful season? Or did Fathery and Wyckoff simply choose UT or Adam over UT? Um, yeah, I think that. I think that both those guys would have been takes had they wanted in, Fathery and Wyckoff. Um, I, I haven't talked to anybody specifically about that and asked them that question, but everything I know up until the point they chose was that both those guys were, were guys they were recruiting, guys they would have taken at that point. 
Yeah, I, I think both of those guys, just knowing those guys, they both seem to like Aggies. Um, I talked to Fathery last year during the season, and I got the impression that if he didn't end up at A&M, it would have been Baylor. And then Wyckoff kind of seemed like an A&M kid. Uh, he comes from an A&M rich program at Magnolia. So those two kids just kind of seemed like Aggies. Um, uh, as far as those two guys, yes. Uh, also a question from Anonymous. Um, the DB class is filling up. What are, how are things going with Lyric Rawls? Um, think he could be the best safety on the board outside of Makuba, and is it looking like more of a possibility Bowman might play receiver in his career? I know everybody wants Billy Bowman to play receiver. I think that I've always said I, I really love him at, at defensive back. I think the staff loves him at defensive back, and I think it would probably take an emergency for him to move to receiver at that point. So let me just say that uh, as my definitive opinion on Billy Bowman. Um, as far as Rawls, I really like that kid. A safety out of Marshall, uh, big, athletic, can roam. Uh, can hit. I really like him. I know that Texas likes him. They just, again, it's a case of new staff would have really loved to have seen him in the off in the spring um, to kind of size him up. Maybe we would have wanted to see him on camp, but um, you know, I think that he is maybe a guy Texas looks at if they lose out on Makuba. Yeah, that's all you on there, Carl. Uh, from another one from Anonymous, uh, I liked what I've seen from Chris Parson. He's got some legit Power Five offers. How long do you think until he gets uh, offered by more of the regional Power Five schools? Um, you know, he's still very young, um, and so I think that uh, it'll be a little bit before. I think that they're, those those schools are going to want to see him in a full season. Um, you know, he really only played one big game last year, and um, so I, I think really. I think you'd probably look for after this season if it gets played. That's really when when everything starts to blow up there. Yeah, I like Chris Parson, and I've liked what I've seen as far as a seven on seven tape that he's had um, this spring. Um, but yeah, he just he's not he's unproven. I'm excited to see what he can do with uh, a program like Red Oak. I think that's going to be an interesting move for him. Um, and uh, who knows, he might be able to lead them in five A. I, I think he can definitely make some noise and uh, start to pick up some more regional Power Five offers for sure. All right, our next question. Um, uh, it's from Earl Thomas, 12. Sorry, my computer froze up there. Um, if there is no season in the fall, does this close our chance with the Brockermeyers? Um, and, and another question right under that, anything new with the Brockermeyers? Uh, no, I, I, look, I don't think there's anything new. I don't think it necessarily um, closes chances with anything. Um, I just think that... You know, it's it, Texas was probably leaning on having a good season there um, as part of part of their pitch. Obviously, if they can't do that, it makes things a little tougher. Um, I don't know. I don't know how it's going to play out. I don't know if that turns into a thing where you know, if we don't have a season, maybe they don't want to leave home. I don't know. It's really going to have to be a we'll cross that bridge when we get there type of thing. But nothing really new on that end. Um, I thought they would make a, a decision. Uh, within the month, it's almost been a month since I made that proclamation, and so I think they've definitely have slowed down their process a little bit. Yeah, I think maybe the biggest factor still left in the recruitment is if uh, they can get out on a couple of more visits. I mean, obviously they've been to Texas a ton, um, but if they can get out to you know some of those schools that they're considering out uh, in the SEC, then um, you know maybe they come back towards Texas after those visits. But I, I think that's the only factor still playing in uh, if the season doesn't uh, if the season doesn't happen, of course. All right, um, our next question comes to us from 
yeah. First of all, Trey Stein keeps wanting me to answer a question, start, bench, or cut the Texas quarterbacks. I'm not going to do it. I like them all. I'm not going to uh, bench or cut any of them. So, um, sorry, Trey. He's been in my DMs about it, and I've been telling him I'm not going to answer that question. So, just want to address that live on the podcast for him. Uh from Handy1182, are you hearing any buzz about the uh, the NIL angle being a selling point for Texas yet? So that's the name and like image and likeness. Um, or is it still too undefined? I know it's been pitched. It's been used in pitches. It's been used on visits. Um, so they're definitely doing it. I don't know how much of an impact it's had yet. I don't know that anybody's really, um, you know, grabbed it and said, you know, this is, this is a big, uh, a big point where Texas can separate themselves, but I know it is being used, um, from some kids I've talked to. I know it definitely will be a huge selling point whenever those rules do go into effect. I mean, uh, Texas has one of the most recognizable logos in college football. They have one of the most, uh, one of the biggest revenues in all of college sports. And yeah, you can already see it with the graphics teams. If you start and see uh, the graphics that are getting thrown out to some of these targets, uh, they're kind of using that as a selling point already, putting them on the face of video games, uh, putting their names on the back of jerseys inside of stadiums. Um, So yeah, I I think so far it's been a pretty interesting selling point. The kids are liking it as far as from the graphics team. Uh, So I'm excited to see what it'll look like five years from now. Okay, and our final question, we did not get one from Charles Daniels this week. But if you recall, two weeks ago, Trey Stein did ask us, uh, I believe, to do a full player draft from Texas High School. Um, I I don't have the question in front of me, but Nick, isn't that how you remember it? Yeah, something like that. Okay, so he wanted us to draft Texas High School players. So... um, we're gonna. I told him we would we would kind of wait a week and then maybe come back and do it on segment. We didn't. We weren't here last week, so uh, we are here this week. So uh, Nick, do you want to? I'll give you first pick. Oh shoot! All right. So how are we, how are we playing this? Is it going to be based on recruit like their potential at the next level or how they play in Texas high school football? I, I feel think like that you would just, give me two different teams. I think you just got to build a team. Okay. I mean, I think you, I would say build it on recruiting, but. Uh, on the caliber of what they could be in college, but um, but yeah, I think you just got to build a team. So let's do this. Let's do a quarterback. Let's do three wide receivers. Let's do a tight end, five offensive linemen, and then on defense you can kind of choose if you want to go a four man front or a three man front, um, okay. and then and then obviously you know I, I, that would change the way you would would do your linebackers. Um, and then uh, your four secondary guys. All right. Put me on the spot here. I'm ready for it, though. Let's see. Let me think about my first pick for a minute. And we're shooting from the hip here. I'm going to uh, pull up the 24-7 rankings just to kind of have myself aboard here. Um, That's exactly what I'm doing. <laughs> All right. Nick is stalling for time. Let's see. For uh, for my first pick, and we're gonna do this a snake draft, so it'll go Nick me me Nick Nick me like that. Okay, sounds good. Hmm. You know, I'm big on having protection up front, so I, I think it's almost dumb not to take Tommy Brockemeyer number one. I think he's the easy first n- number one overall pick. I think um, I've got to go Donovan Jackson right after that for the same reasons. Um, and then I'm going to come back with, uh, with Jatavian Sanders as my defensive end. I like it. I like it. All right. Um, let's see. 
I want to get Playmaker. So I'm going to go. Um, I'll go ahead and grab JoJo. And then um, let's build this defense a little bit. I'm going to take Clayton Smith. Oh. Okay. I'm going to go with uh, LJ Johnson at running back. And. I think I will go with, um, hmm. I'm gonna. I, I can't pass on Billy Bowman at this point, so I'm gonna yeah. take. <laughs> I'm gonna take Billy and yeah. probably play him at safety because I've said definitively that's where I like him best. And I can't pass up Kamar, uh, so I'm gonna go ahead and take Kamar, and then um, I'm gonna take Cody Jackson. Okay, so that ride receiver core coming along for you. I don't have any receivers yet. I'm going to go Shamar Turner and beef up that defensive line. Um, and then I'm going to go, you know what? I'm going to go with Bryce Foster and beef up the offensive line. Okay. Have you taken Savion yet? Nope, he's out there. All right, I'll take Savion. I'll take Landon Jackson. That's a good one. That's a good one. Um, all right. I think it's funny. We're both, we're all skipping quarterbacks here because we know that there's only going to be one gone. Um, <laughs> worst worst case scenario. Um, I think I'm gonna. gonna t- I don't think you're going to take my quarterback. I'm thinking about it. Uh, I don't think you're going to take mine. So um, <laughs> I will take. You know what? I I think I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Shadrick Banks at receiver. Okay. And I'm then Shadrick can do this year. Yeah, I feel like people are kind of sleeping on him, especially after that fantastic 2018 state championship game, and then getting hurt. Um, you know, I think that the people are really really sleeping on what he can do. Um, I'll take Ishmael Ibrahim. Ah, that was going to be my next pick. All right. Um, let's see. I'm worried you're going to cut into the secondary now, so I'm going to go ahead and take JD, JD Coffee, And I'm going to take Kendrick Blackshear. I'm ready, I'm ready to see what he can do in his senior year after tearing his ACL last year. All right. I'm going to... Go double offensive line here. No, wait, I'm not. Uh, yeah, I am going to go double offensive. I'm going to go James Brockemeyer. And then I'm going to go with Ezra Oyatati as my other guard. Okay, I like it. I like it. Um, let's see. How many defensive ends have I taken? I've taken two, right? You took um, Landon and who else? Uh, I took Landon and Clayton Smith, but... Yeah, yeah, you can either play him as a linebacker or an end, so... Let's see, I'm probably going to throw him at linebacker. Uh, I'm taking Landon Jackson. Hmm. 
because I really want Jordan Thomas, so I'm going to go ahead and take him. He's one of my favorite kids in this class. Uh, and you know I'm going to go ahead and grab my quarterback just because I'm afraid you're going to take him. Now, are we staying 2021 specific? Yes. Okay. Cause you I cannot draft Quentin Ewers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He'd be the number one overall guy. But, uh, yeah, just... Hmm. I'll take Milrow. Okay. Um, I'm going to take Marcus Burris to be my other defensive tackle. Uh, we're going to pretend he's healthy. And then I'm going to take Elijah Arroyo to be my tight end. Interesting. I like it. I like it. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and take Landon King then. Um, and I'm going to take Makuba. All right, then that that I'm gonna take Deuce Harmon to be my other corner, and Keytron Jackson at receiver. Okay, I've taken no linebackers. <laughs> I'm about to take uh, I'm about to take another one off the board too. I'm gonna go ahead and take Maurice Blackwell. And uh, are we going two running backs? Uh, I had one running back, but you can do what you want. I mean, if you want to take out like another receiver or tight end or something. Yeah, I'll probably take out another receiver. Um, I'm going to take Tavier Dunlap. I really like that kid. Okay. I got to get a linebacker. So I'm going to go Jaden Williams from South Oak Cliff. Um, and how do I finish out my defensive line? I think I would probably go with David Abiara from Mansfield Legacy. Solid pick, solid pick. All right. Um, hmm. Let's see. Offensive lineman, I've gotten Tommy Brockmeyer, Savion Bird. I think that is it. So I'm going to go ahead and take – have you taken Father E? No, he's out there. I'll take Father E and then – You say his name funny. Is it not Father E? <laughs> I think it's just Father E. <laughs> father <laughs> And uh, I'm going to go ahead and take Tate Williams and get my other guard. Okay. I'm going to go with Terrence Cooks. And then uh, let's see. I could finish out my offensive line. Yeah, I'll do that. I'll go with Matthew Wyckoff to finish out my offensive line. I think my offense is done as well. Um, I still have to get a receiver and a quarterback, but my offensive line's done. I think I'm missing two corners. And then I think I need... Are you not writing this down, Nick? No, I'm keeping it all in my head, though. <laughs> oh, God. Let's see. You already took Jadon Williams. Oh boy, these linebackers are starting to get super scarce. Hmm. Have you taken Byron Murphy? I have not. That's who I'm going to take as my defensive tackle. And then give me... Give me J. Mike as my third receiver. I actually that's, that's kind of where I was going, so that's a good pick. Um, J. Mike will start a band, that is. 
I'm going to take Hal Presley as my third receiver. That was between those two. <laughs> I'm going to take Lyric Rawls as a safety. Okay. Let's see. I'm just taking the best available linebacker for my last linebacker position. Um, so I'm going to go. I'm going to go Jai Jones from South Oak Cliff. And then. Need a corner. Or safety. So. You know, I like Cisco casting. I'll take Cisco. That's a good one. So I'm going to go with a 4-2-5, and instead of taking another linebacker, I'm going to take a hybrid guy, and I'm going to take Isaiah okay. Nakobia. Ooh, my, I like that. Uh, hybrid I guy like there. That. And then uh, I'm going to finish it out with my quarterback, Caden Salter. Good stuff. All right. I think I only have one pick left, and so I think I need another safety. Man, no, I you took two safeties. I took Cisco. Took- and JD, took J- right. okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's why you got to write it down, Nick. <laughs> I knew it was somebody in the secondary. Uh, let's see. You know what? Give me the South Oak Cliff to Stanford connection. Give me Jimmy Wire. Jimmy Wire. Okay. And there you go, Trey. That's our draft. Um, you know, I'll make a graphic and put both of our teams side by side, and we'll put it on Twitter, and y'all can vote to see who has the best one. All right, there we go. Uh, that's going to do it for the mailbag. We appreciate you guys for writing in. Again, leave those five-star reviews with the questions there. We'll make sure we always get to those. So, Trey, if you want your sit, bench, whatever question answered, I can't believe you haven't figured this out yet, but I have promised that we will answer all of those questions. So listen to us a five-star review, and we'll do it on there. Uh, Nick, anything else before we get out of here? Now that's about it. Looking forward to a nice little weekend out east. Yeah, enjoy your time out there, and uh, you know we, we hope you get safe back. So uh, for, for Nick Harris, I'm Mike Roach. We thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll see you next week.